the children come Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come Please let the children Welcome to Children's Bible Journey, with stories and songs just for kids. We have a dramatized Bible story coming up, but let's get today's program started by singing praises to our awesome God. F. God promises to forgive me.
just love singing praises to Jesus. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. I am the most beautiful of all created things. I am all wise, intelligent, and cunning. There is none like unto me. Oh, for once you speak truth, Beelzebub, there is none like unto you. You're the father of all liars. I am the prince of this world. In giving Adam dominion of this world, God made him prince of the world. When Adam disobeyed God's command and obeyed me, he turned over to me that princehood. In return, I gave to Adam and Eve my nature. Your beautiful, sweet, kind nature. They became my subjects. I am their sovereign. The earth is my empire. All peoples obey me. Not all, my dear Beelzebub. Many people throughout the centuries have had within them a power able to withstand your so-called dominion. I wish I could deny that. But there is a power at work against me. It is because of this power that I have had to misrepresent God and misinterpret the rites and ceremonies that pointed toward a savior. I personally have led many people to fear God as one who delights in their destruction. All of you, my fellow evil ones, have helped excite the passions of men in order to fasten my rule upon them. But it is I who have looked over the shoulder of the prophets as they wrote of a coming Messiah. I have studied and restudied these prophecies, and I am sure that Jesus, the babe born in Bethlehem, came into this world to dispute my claim to dominion of the world. Uh, but why did the Son of God, so adored and beloved in heaven, give all that up and come down here as a lowly man? I can't understand it. It fills me with amazement and fear. We must stop Jesus, overcome him. But how? We have already tried almost everything. All methods have failed. To decide upon a sure course of action is the reason for this council. The issues at stake are too great to trust to anyone but myself. I shall personally conduct this warfare. We must either conquer or be conquered. Now is the time, and I shall conquer. <laughs> How many times have I heard that? <laughs> all our energies, all the weapons of hell, will we use against this Jesus. We will conquer. We have got to, or all is lost. All is lost anyway. What do you mean by that? Exactly what I said. Evidently, you do not trust me. Trust you? <laughs> I trusted you when you first came to me in heaven with your lies about God, your wild scheme of changing God's laws and taking over the rule of heaven and the universe. And look what it's gotten me. You forget, my dear lieutenant, 
that I have won every battle on this earth from Adam down to the present time. What makes you think I can't get this Jesus to yield to me as others have? Because Jesus is the Son of God. He is divine with powers to resist you. <sighs> but there you are mistaken. Tis true that he is the Son of God. But it is also true that he is endowed with no more power than any human being has or can have if he so desires. Another of your disarming lies. Lies, no. For once I speak truth. The scriptures teach that Jesus is born of man. I overcame Adam. And he had come directly from the hand of God, not as yet defiled by my... <laughs> by, by sin. Adam stood in the strength of perfect manhood, possessing the full vigor of mind and body. Not so with this Jesus. For 4,000 years, man has decreased in physical strength, in mental power. All a result of your mad desire for power, your pride, <laughs> your lies. <laughs> of course. And Jesus has taken upon himself the weakness of humanity that I have brought upon them. He will be easy to overcome. All I need to do is tempt Jesus to obey me in just one point. Then I will have won the conquest. <laughs> but, but what if Jesus lives a, a sinless life? If we cannot tempt him to yield, what then? Will we die? God will destroy us. Yes. When? If Jesus obeys God in all things, not once yielding to my voice, then we and all my followers, all who have sin written in their hearts, will be destroyed. Therefore, we have got to win. Do you understand? Uh, well, I, I suppose you have some diabolical, elaborate scheme to make Jesus fall prey to your... A very simple plan. I shall use the same method I used with Adam and Eve. First, appetite. If that fails, then the love of the world. If that fails, I still have the greatest of all temptation to lure him into sin. Self glorification pride uh, sounds reasonable but then so do all your lives ah, think so well let me tell you something I just witnessed John baptizing Jesus and as he came out of the water Jesus knelt and prayed suddenly I saw his expression and attitude change suddenly he realized that upon his shoulders rested the sins of the entire world, that upon him depended salvation from me. <laughs> I think I saw in his bearing the realization that he cannot resist me, 
that in his present human frail body and mind, I am stronger than he. I think he knows that I shall win this conflict. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly, Jesus disappeared from the multitudes at the baptism by the Jordan. He sneaked away into the wilderness. Oh, purposely, I suppose, so you could tempt him. (laughs) And he could resist proving that he is stronger than you, that you are not his master. I think he went to be alone, to meditate upon his mission here on Earth. Knowing, as I do, the thoughts and habits of those who do this sort of thing, I am sure that Jesus will also fast and pray. Fast! (laughs) That means he'll get hungry. And then... (laughs) Then I'll tempt him on appetite, as I did Eve, successfully. (laughs) And so, Father, be with me. Guide me, strengthen me, help me always to do thy will. Give me the wisdom to lead thy people into paths of righteousness for thy sake. Amen. God has heard thy prayer, and I am come with a message of encouragement and help. Thy fast is at an end. You may now eat to thy fill and enjoyment. As God sent an angel to stay the hand of Abraham from offering Isaac, he now sends me to deliver thee from the pangs of hunger. Thou art faint from hunger, craving for food. Eat! May I remind you that one of the most powerful of angels has been banished from heaven? Thou art aware of this, I am sure. Thy appearance here, together with the circumstances of thy birth, childhood, and early manhood, would indicate that thou art this fallen, banished angel, now forsaken by God and deserted by men. A divine being, though banished from heaven, would be able to sustain his claim by performing a miracle. So I say unto you, if thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread, then eat of it and live well. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye.
Oh, must be important. Have you, have you ever had a prayer that wasn't answered? Nope, not one. You mean you got everything you asked for? Thankfully, no. Well, wait, I don't understand. When I pray, I tell God what I want. I tell him about my problems, about work, about you, about everything that's on my heart. Trust me, I get very detailed telling him exactly what I think he should do. Then he does it? Wait, I'm not finished. At the end of my prayer, I add one very important part. After I've laid out what I think is best for me, I add what Jesus told his disciples to include in every prayer. Right before I say amen, I say, Thy will be done. Thy will be done. What's that mean? It means, my sweet daughter, that I'm perfectly willing for God to make the final decisions for me. I'm willing to let him decide whether what I just asked for will actually make my life better. I'm willing to allow him to look into my future and see if my choices will be good for me and for those I love. Then, and only then, do I say, Amen. 
Oh, I get it. Then, even if God says no, that's an answer to your prayer. Exactly. I figure God is a lot smarter than I am. His no is just as valuable to me as his yes. Hmm, that makes sense. By the way, great smoothie, Mom. Thanks. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. and girls, this is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. No Hoofprints by Laura Bell P. Midkiff. We're almost there, old girl. It's been a long, hot day, Mr. Ruby said to the old swayback plow horse he had ridden for the past ten hours. Clippity-clop, clippity-clop over the dusty road they'd plodded on. Twelve hours by bus yesterday, and now all day with you. We'll stop before dark, old girl. After a good night's sleep at the house where he left the borrowed horse, Mr. Ruby started out on foot. Two and a half days over the narrow footpath that snaked up the Sierra Madre Mountains seemed like two and a half weeks to the weary traveler. This is the hardest trip I've ever made, he sighed. I should be getting close. I'm sure this box weighs twice what it did when I started out. When he finally caught sight of the village, he set his box down next to his rolled-up sarape and sat on a rock in the shade of an ironwood tree. For a long time, he looked across the gully to the little village of Galina. He could see the church steeple, the central plaza, and the footbridge. Is this really the place the Lord told me to come? he asked half aloud. The thatched roofs poking through the dense trees and vines showed him that not all of the people lived close to the village. He had never been so far in the mountains. Then, before leaving his lookout, he prayed, If this is where you want me to preach, God, I will not be afraid. I know you will stay close by. It didn't matter that there were no hotels in the village. People gladly entertained strangers. The first night found Mr. Ruby staying with an Indian family of the Hucholi tribe. At once, they wanted to know about the books that he carried in his big box. Even though they could not read Spanish, they listened carefully to every word he spoke or read to them. Soon they called in their friends, and the little house filled with people who listened to the story of Jesus' promise to take them to heaven. At the end of the week, more than 20 people met for their first Sabbath school. The second week, almost 50 scrubbed-up happy men and women crowded around the well in the backyard. What a wonderful time they had singing, praying, and repeating the verses they had memorized. Early the following morning, the religious leader of the community and one of the leader's big, strong members came to Mr. Ruby, warning, You will leave the village by sundown tonight. But Mr. Ruby kept right on with his work. The next morning, the two men returned. The strong man placed his hand on Mr. Ruby's shoulder and threatened, If you are not gone by noon today, we will kill you. All right, the missionary answered, but I will have to talk to God about it first. If he wants me to leave, I will go. But if he wants me to stay and work with these good people, I cannot go. Good people, yes, but they are our people. We don't want any of your preaching here in our village. No one ever comes up here to interfere, but now everyone is talking about your new religion. Get out of town while you are still alive, or we will cut you up for buzzard food. He wasn't joking. 
God, which do you want me to do? Preach to these people or get cut up for buzzard food? If you want me to preach, I am ready. If you want me to be food for the birds, I am ready for that too. Make it clear to me by noon today. Thank you, God. Faithfully, Mr. Ruby went about the work he had come to do. Just as faithfully, he kept praying that God would not permit the enemy to stop his work. As Mr. Ruby was crossing the small footbridge at noon, two men jumped up from under the far end of the bridge and ran toward him, waving their machetes over their heads. They sent us to kill you, stranger! Their devilish eyes flashed wildly and their snarling lips spat out the order, Give us your last word! Oh, you are very kind, my friends. I do have one last request. He struggled to be calm. I want to talk to my Jesus just one more time. I would not want to die without thanking him for giving me such a good life. He is my very best friend, you see. The killers looked at each other stupidly, nodded, and watched as the stranger knelt down on the little bridge and began to pray. Here comes a man on horseback. Let's get out of here. Mr. Ruby heard one of the men say as they scurried away. He got up from his knees and looked for the horse, which he too had heard, but it was nowhere in sight. A man was walking toward the bridge, so Mr. Ruby asked, Did you see the horse and rider that just went by? My friend, I saw you kneeling in the middle of the bridge with two men standing over you. All of a sudden, the men ran off and you got up, but certainly no horse and rider crossed that bridge. Mr. Ruby searched for hoofprints on the dusty road, but could not find a single one. And as he looked up and down the road, he thought he heard a voice saying, Go and preach. The story you have heard today is from God's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Children come, don't dare drive them away, and then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy, foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come, please let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.